Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, Incline listeners. Looking to start your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. First of all, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Now, you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you can have it heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What's up, everyone? Thank you for listening to The Incline. I'm your host, Kevin Klein. Follow me on Twitter, at Klein25. Feel free to subscribe to this podcast series. You can listen to it on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Buzzsprout. It's Monday, August 5th. I hope everyone has an exciting week ahead of them. At least your Los Angeles Dodgers are 74-40 and on the season. 34 games above 500 and a nice 17 games ahead of the Arizona Diamondbacks and the San Francisco Giants. Pretty soon we can count down that magic number because it's not going to be much longer till the Dodgers clinch the division. But we got more important things to talk about, like the fact that the Dodgers are only ahead by half a game over the New York Yankees and Houston Astros. So these games are important for home field advantage if either side were to make the World Series. They're currently seven and a half games ahead of the Atlanta Braves, so they got some cushion. They're going to still head to Atlanta later this season. But how about this last four-game series with those San Diego Padres? It kind of left the Padres in the dust. They're now 51-60 and 60 on the season, only 21 and a half games behind the Dodgers for the National League West crown. Like I predicted in my preview series that you can find on Dodgers Lowdown, the Dodgers, they won three of four games, including an exciting walk-off home run in the Sunday finale. Max Muncy driving in two runs off Kirby Yates, the all-star closer for the Padres. Muncy had a four-hit game, made a statement. He also homered earlier in that game. He's got 10 home runs against the Padres in the last two seasons. That's the most of any player versus the Padres. That was the ninth walk-off hit by the Dodgers this season. So it's just been exciting. The rookies, Muncy, 
Bellinger with an MVP campaign. It's just been fun to watch in 2019. Dodgers won that last game 11 to 10. But Kenta Maeda, I don't know where to begin. I criticized him a lot during his during the last podcast last podcast because of his horrible start beforehand. This was even worse. Maeda went two and two thirds innings. He allowed five hits. He gave up five earned runs, including a grand slam to Eric Hosmer, who I ironically rated as one of the most underrated players in baseball just the day before. In Kenta Maeda's last seven appearances now, he still owned four. He has a 626 ERA. He's only gone 27 innings. And like I said last time out, he hasn't won a game since May 31st. If the Dodgers are serious about winning a World Series, they cannot afford to have Kenta Maeda in the rotation. Even coming out of the bullpen, this guy's somewhat of a liability. You might forget, but last season, he was pretty useless against the Brewers, the Braves, and the Red Sox. All series, he had whips of nearly two. He couldn't go more than two innings in any appearance. And please don't forget, in the game that really mattered, Game 5 of the 2017 World Series, it was not Clayton Kershaw, it was Kenta Maeda in a 7-4 Dodgers lead, where Maeda came in to face one batter. That batter was Jose Altuve, and he hit the tying three-run home run off the only batter Maeda saw. So if you think Kenta Maeda is trustworthy in the playoffs, he's not. He hasn't proven anything yet in his career. This is his fourth year with the Dodgers. And honestly, I am fed up with Kent Maeda. I know he's cheap labor. But you got to look yourself in the mirror and just really ponder. Is Kent Maeda the guy you trust in the rotation? I really think not. To me, luckily he doesn't get hurt a lot. Otherwise, he's just another Brandon McCarthy. Pretty useless. We'll move on. Yimi Garcia came out of the bullpen as well in that game. He gave up a home run in his last six innings pitch. He has a 450 ERA. I know there's a few Yimi Garcia truthers out there, but let's keep this simple. Never trust a man named Yimi. I don't think Yimi Garcia has a chance to make the postseason rotation postseason bullpen. The guy is fine in non-leverage situations, but when the game's on the line, he typically blows it and Yimi Garcia just sucks. JT Chargois, another guy. He now has a 529 ERA on the season. He came into this game, gave up some runs. In his last seven appearances, he has a 675 ERA. I know Chargois may have looked like a bright spot, but the guy sucks. Just simply just, you know, cut him. Dodgers did us a huge favor over the trade deadline. By finally getting rid of Brock Stewart. Brock Stewart was awful. Guy had like a 70 RA in AAA. He sucked in the majors every year. Finally, the Brock Stewart era has come to an end. And I, for one, since day one that I saw Brock Stewart in 2016, knew this guy was trash. Thankfully, there is someone in the Dodgers bullpen that looks like he's finally fully turning the corner. And that's the guy they gave a good contract to. 
three years, all that money. It's Joe Kelly. Even though Joe Kelly has a 4.97 ERA on the season, over his last 15 games, he has a 1.98 ERA. So if Joe Kelly can continue this trend all the way through the playoffs, that's all that really matters. I don't care if Joe Kelly sucks next year as long as the Dodgers win the World Series in 2019. We need the best that Joe Kelly has to offer in the clutch. Dodgers don't really have that many setup options. The lefties, I know we got the new guy, Kaleric, but still, I don't know how many true setup options the Dodgers truly have. So if Joe Kelly can continue to be consistent, he's going to make all our lives easier, build a much steadier bridge to Kenley Jansen, who, yes, will remain our closer all the way through. I believe in Kenley, and so should you. Jansen will hopefully... Not blow games in the World Series this year. Let's just cross our fingers and pray that nothing goes wrong. Someone that I got to really highlight, though, because I've been huge on this guy since day one. It's very easy for anyone to say this. It's Walker Buehler. I know most Dodger fans embrace Walker Buehler. Some are even ready to call him the ace of the staff. Walker Buehler against the Padres on Saturday night. He had 15 strikeouts. He pitched a complete game. Dodgers won that game 4-1. to one. This was the second complete game of Walker Buehler's career. And, in fact, he's the only Dodgers starter in franchise history to have pitched two complete games in one season where he struck out 15 or more batters and didn't walk a single guy. So even though Walker Buehler is still just a young kid, he is going out there like a proven veteran, mowing guys down. He is someone you can completely rely on, especially at home. He is going to be a steady force in this Dodgers rotation for many years to come. I have full faith in him come playoff time. Walker Buehler is simply amazing. What a draft pick. What a find. He is a top 10 pitcher in baseball. I don't see how anyone can disagree. I can't believe some Rocky fans claim that Kyle Freeland was better. That was just a joke. Walker Bueller, look for him his next time out. Should be against Arizona. I mean, the amount of innings pitched... Innings Walker has pitched this season. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a phantom IL stint just to keep him fresh. He's made 22 starts now, I believe. Need his best stuff come playoffs because that's when the pressure's really on. But just enjoy the ride, guys. I mean, Bueller is one special talent. Also predicted in my column that Bellinger was going to break his home run drought. He did it in the first at-bat he saw. He ended up having two home runs that series. I also called for Will Smith to have multiple RBIs against the Padres. He did that in one swing as well. He hit the go-ahead grand slam. Pretty epic stuff. Joe Davis with the call. One guy that I just have to complain about, it's Jock Peterson. He's honestly the only position player that I have an issue with at this point now since Austin Barnes got sent down and 
Kike ended his slump, so Jock is the new victim. Thankfully, we were blessed with the Jock Peterson first base experiment coming to an end because what a disgrace that was. I think you could find someone at a Walmart store who could play better first base than what Jock gave us because that was pure trash. But the other issue I have is why do the Dodgers continue to bat Jock Peterson at leadoff? He is not a leadoff hitter. If he was an eighth hole hitter, he'd be killing it. And it's not even a knock on Jock Peterson's game. It's just you find that when you put a a power hitter right before the pitcher, there are some guys that want the pitcher due up in the next inning, so they're willing to do whatever they can to get the eighth hole hitter out, so they're going to throw some strikes. And this is what Jock's game would really benefit on. If there's two out, pitcher on deck, like I just said, the mentality is they want to get the pitcher to lead off the next inning. They It's going to lead to a lot of walks for Jock Peterson. It's going to lead to some easy home runs. If the Dodgers were to bat Jock eighth, it would truly benefit Jock's game. Also, Jock is just killing the lineup by batting leadoff because let me read you some stats real quick. In Jock Peterson's last seven games, he's one for 23. That's an 043 batting average. And he's not even getting the walks. He's an 083 on base percentage. I believe he had an 0 for 24 drought entering today. His last 15 games, he's batting 180. And his last 30 games, he's batting 220 with only three home runs. So for those that argued the leadoff home runs that Jock provides are why he is the leadoff hitter, I'm sorry, he's not giving you enough leadoff home runs to even warrant this particular position in the first place. He can't hit lefties, so he's going to be benched against any left-handed pitcher. And now he's struggling against any right-handed pitcher. The Jock Peterson leadoff train needs to stop. A.J. Pollock is providing a much better bat at top. I don't care if it's right on right. It's the right thing to do. Okay. We got a pretty important series that we got to talk about. It's a team that I'm probably a little higher on than a lot of people elsewhere, maybe. But the Dodgers start a three-game series with the St. Louis Cardinals. Now, the St. Louis Cardinals are entering this series on a two-game losing streak. They are 58-52 and right now on the season. One and a half games behind the Chicago Cubs for the NL Central. They do have a half game lead in one of the wild card slots. On the road, they are 27 and 29. While the Dodgers, on the other hand, at home, are 43 and 15. Now, I find this series. Somewhat more important from the Cardinals side of things because for them, every game is going to matter. They're in a very tight divisional race right now and they can't afford to lose more games. Otherwise, the Cubs are going to run away with that division and the Brewers, who are starting to fall off because they have no pitching, like I said, entering the season, 
could still technically catch them if the Cardinals continue to lose. Very tough series for the Cardinals. I really hope the Dodgers don't play easy on them. Now, the Cardinals faced the Dodgers earlier this season. It was in St. Louis. Did not go well for the Dodgers. The Cardinals swept our boys in blue. It was a four-game sweep. Luckily, the Dodgers bounced back. They've been looking good ever since. So now we're in Dodger Stadium. Cardinals, when it comes to offense and team batting average, they haven't been very great. They're actually 22nd in Major League Baseball in both those categories. A little better on the road in terms of batting average. They're 19th in baseball. Their pitching staff, a little, it's pretty good. It's respectable. Eighth in Major League Baseball. They got a team ERA of 407. Their bullpen ERA, 13th, or my apologies, their bullpen ERA is 5th in baseball and 2nd in the National League. They have a bullpen ERA of 383. Definitely turned it around last season when it was pretty disastrous. They added guys like Andrew Miller. Then they got Carlos Martinez in the bullpen, although he might be hurt right now. And... They're starting ERA, 423. That's 13th in baseball. Now the Cardinals, they're catching the Dodgers at the right time. Matt Carpenter and Marcelo Zuna are both fresh coming off the IL. And it wouldn't surprise me because it seems like the Dodgers never fail to avoid this guy. Yadier Molina currently is rehabbing. So there's a strong possibility he plays a game or two in this Dodgers series. Wouldn't put it past him because he always loves breaking the heart and soul of Dodger fans and the Dodger players. I could talk about 2013 and 2014, but I want to save everyone the misery. And if you forgot, Paul Goldschmidt, he is now on the St. Louis Cardinals. No one has more home runs against the Dodgers right now in baseball than Paul Goldschmidt. Goldschmidt on the season hitting 260 with 25 home runs, 58 RBIs. He's been hot over his last 15 games. He's got seven home runs and 15 RBIs, hitting 333. Paul DeJong, their shortstop, another great power hitter. Don't sleep on him. He's got a 255 batting average, 19 home runs, 52 RBIs. And Colton Wong, great defensive second baseman. Don't know how much he'll contribute offensively, but look for him to make some good diving plays in the infield, throwing out guys. He is a really underrated defensive player. We got the pitching matchups right here. Michael Walker starting the first game of the series for the St. Louis Cardinals. He's 6-4. He has a 5-15 ERA. Not the same guy who was shutting the Dodgers down back in 2013. Michael Walker has been pretty mediocre his entire career. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe it was Bob Nightingale who called out the Dodgers saying they're going to regret drafting Corey Seager over Michael Walker. Pretty dumb statement right there. Anyways, Walker's going to take on the rookie, making his second career start, coming off that four-inning save. Tony Gonsolin. 
and he's 0-1. He has a 563 RA. This is an exciting start for Gonsolin because he'll be at home for the first time in his career. It'll be a much more calm situation. Really excited to see how that fastball tails off. I think Tony Gonsolin's going to do fairly well. I'm sure the Cardinals will make him work, but I think Gonsolin's going to hold his own. And he might prove that he's not going anywhere. Small sample size here, but some of the guys that have had success off Waka, Justin Turner, Corey Seager, A.J. Pollock, and Cody Bellinger. Second game of the series features Mike Mikolas, a.k.a. the Lizard King. He's 7-11. and 11. He has a 4 ERA. Guy relies a lot on his sinker ball and a slider. So look for him to use those pitches against the Dodgers, and I don't believe the Dodgers have faced him yet. Clayton Kershaw taking the mound, having a very great season. He's 10-2, 285 ERA. In his career against the Cardinals, he's made 17 starts. He's got a 7-5 record, 307 ERA. And no, this is not including the postseason, so don't even think about it. Paul Goldschmidt has seen Kershaw more than anybody due to obvious reasons. He's only hitting 222 off Kershaw with three home runs. 12 for 54. So Kershaw has won that battle for the most part. And then a guy who I always notice has random success against Clayton Kershaw, the switch hitting outfielder, Dexter Fowler. Now Fowler is hitting 375, a lot of singles. So don't forget about Dexter Fowler if he's in the lineup against Clayton Kershaw. Final game of the series features the young kid, someone I was really high on for fantasy season, Jack Flaherty. He's 5-6, and six, got a 393 ERA. I always associate Flaherty with Walker Buehler. They have very similar arsenal in their pitch types. When these two have gone head-to-head against each other, it was kind of like a battle for the future. So Flaherty, up-and-coming Potential ace for the Cardinals. Not going to see Adam Wainwright. Don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. He's pretty old now, but Flaherty, really good pitcher. Tough matchup for the Dodgers. We'll see if they can get the best of him. And Dustin May getting the second start of his career for the Dodgers. He's 0-1, has a 4.76 ERA, three strikeouts. The thing that I want to see with Dustin May is better use of his off-speed pitches. Didn't seem to use a whole lot of that in his first career start. Cardinals really struggle with those sliders and curveballs. So if he can handle that control, it's going to really up his performance. I really did like the cut fastball in that 96-97 two-seamer that Dustin May was throwing. There was a lot of movement and spin rate. Something to just keep your eye out on. I think he'll I think he'll do a lot better. Gonna be more comfortable, get those rookie jitters out. And actually Dustin May was one of my sleeper candidates earlier in the season to be coming out of the bullpen. I think he could be really effective being a one or two inning guy. Then just the natural stuff he has could really be powerful. I don't want to compare him to Nathan Eovaldi. Or Brad Peacock, but 
essentially for 2019, that could fit the mold for the 20 for the Dodgers bullpen in the postseason. Just something to watch out for. I think Dustin May will better serve this team as a reliever than a starter only in 2019. Obviously in the future, going to be a great addition to this Dodgers staff. When you got Bueller, Urias, May, Gonsolin, eventually Josiah Gray all in that rotation, could be a thing that just every other team is like, dang, we got to go up against that. Now, yeah, now Hunjin Ryu, he is on the IL with some neck stiffness, not expected to be out long. So he won't be pitching for the next few days. And that is why Gonsolin and May are filling in. After that, the Dodgers finish up this homestand against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks have always tried to brew some rivalry with the Dodgers. It just doesn't exist. We're projecting that Robbie Ray will make an appearance in this series. Robbie Ray, as you all know, has been someone to just cause a lot of harm and damage to those Dodgers hitters, getting a lot of strikeouts. It was like two years ago, he was the only pitcher ever to strike out like 10 or more Dodgers in four plus starts. He just really matches up well against the Dodgers, although he hasn't been as dominant against them as of the past couple seasons. He has a 403 ERA. He's 10 and 7. 178 strikeouts over 134 innings. He'll take on Walker Buehler, fresh off that complete game. 10 and 2, 322 ERA. Unfortunately, some of the guys that I really like against Robbie Ray are out with injuries, so it'll be it'll be really interesting to see who can step up. Hopefully, Justin Turner or Tyler White or Negron can get some big hits. So far on the season series, the Dodgers actually hold an 8-4 lead. It was a weird trend where the Diamondbacks were winning the season series against the Dodgers every year. Not the same case this year. Dodgers got a pretty comfortable lead. Expect the next game to have a very young pitcher for the Diamondbacks, but Alex Young making his, it'd be his eighth career start. He's 4-1 right now with a 2.60 ERA. And it'll probably be Kenta Maeda. We'll see. Don't need to talk about Maeda anymore. And then the final game of the series, Taylor Clark, really struggling, young kid, 4-3, 5.46 ERA. And we can't really tell you who the, star, the Dodgers starter will be by then because due to injuries and young guys, it could be Stripling. Could be Gonsolin. Could be Ryu. Just depends how things line up. Obviously, the hitters that you got to keep your eye out on. It's always David Peralta, Eduardo Escobar, and Kettle Marte. Those are the big three for the Diamondbacks lineup. And then, of course, luckily... Kershaw's not facing him, but Christian Walker mashing lefties all year long. First baseman, he had a big home run off Kershaw. If it was a two or three run home run, along with a few others he's done before. Big bat in that lineup. 
Jake Lamb, he's back from the IL. Hasn't been that great, but, I mean, he's someone you can't forget about. And then Gerard Dyson, very speedy outfielder. Seems to get some bunt hits or doubles off the Dodgers, so don't want to exclude him. Then they got the catcher, Carson Kelly. He's got some pop. Other than that, I don't think I'm forgetting anyone serious unless Nick Ahmed does something. Diamondbacks bullpen, not a big fan of him. Greg Holland, he's been really slumping. I mean, he literally did a walk-off walk against the Dodgers. What do you have, two outs? Walk the bases loaded. They bring someone else in. He walks in a guy. Diamondbacks don't even have a closer at the moment. They're doing a committee thing. We go around the league real quick. And like I said, the Astros, who have been hot. Aaron Sanchez, part of a complete game, no hitter. Makes his first start with the Astros. I mean, he had like a six ERA. Comes in, throws six no-hit innings. They take him out. The rest of the team holds it down. I don't know if the Astros are like the Spurs now or what, where they just can turn anyone into a winner. But yeah, that's what happened with the Astros no-hitting the Seattle Mariners. Then you got the Angels. They're really falling apart. Felix Pena, who the Dodgers saw twice this year, he tore his ACL. Griffin Canning, he got placed on the IL with elbow inflammation. They cut Jonathan Lucroy after coming back from that Jake Marisnik fiasco. At least they got Mike Trout, who's having an MVP season. Boston Red Sox on an eight-game losing streak. While the Tampa Bay Rays, they're on a six-game winning streak. Yankees have won five in a row, so Red Sox really fallen out of it. Only four games above 500. Minnesota Twins, three games ahead of the Indians. Both teams have been very hot in the second half. Uh, Washington Nationals and the Philadelphia Phillies. Even right now in terms of record, 58 and 53. Both going for that wild card because the Braves have a pretty comfortable lead over both of them with that seven-game division lead. Mentioned the Brewers earlier. They've lost four in a row. Only one game above 500. I said in the offseason it would take a yellow MVP season for them to get back into it. And, I mean, it's been very close. Yelich is having an MVP-like season once again. But the pitching has just been terrible. Bullpen has been overrated. I knew it would happen. Josh Hader giving up a lot of home runs. Jeremy Jeffress has a 5 ERA. Just a lot going wrong. And then the New York Mets have been on fire. Don't think they're going to make the playoffs. They're still 10 games out, but they've been 9-1 and one in their last 10. So, I mean, got to give credit to the Mets for not quitting, at least. After that, the Dodgers are going to go on the road. Obviously, we'll have another podcast episode previewing more things to come. I'm going to have an article up tomorrow on Dodgers Lowdown. Full written article previewing this Dodgers Cardinals series. Thank you, all. Thank you all for listening to this podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Klein25. Kevin Klein here speaking. And Kevin Klein says... Kevin Klein out. You all have a good week. Peace.
Mealtime inspiration. It's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.